Hello, this is John Harrigan, and today our subject is going to be taken from the blog post called The Power of Immortal Life. It's a fairly recent blog post, and I did one of these daily startups on part of this, but I'm going to go over another part today. Anger is fear that depletes and confuses. Anger is fear that depletes and confuses. How valuable is anger for us? It's, it's really a reaction, an emergency, emergency response to keep ourselves safe to get away or to attack something and not let it injure us. Anger is fear that depletes and confuses. We're all designed to get angry in certain situations. It's a, a survival response. And we're all designed to have fear in certain situations. That's a survival response. We need to have maybe a little fear or a little understanding if we're in a dangerous place or in a dangerous situation. Anger is fear, and fear is afraid to love. Think of that. Anger is fear, and fear is afraid to love. If we just have layers and layers of trauma, hardship, and we all do, by the way, just layers of fear that we don't even really feel at this point, that fear is going to inhibit our ability to love, to have compassion, and to join with another or a group in a relationship. So with um, coaching for immortality or immortality coaching, we do go through the 12 steps and do an inventory and teach you how to do a daily awareness exercise to see where is my fear and my anger today. You know, when I was, um, I'm in my 60s now, uh, a, a wise man supposedly, um, that's a joke, but um, moving along uh, with my lifespan, when I was in about 21 or 20, a good friend that was my friend in grade school, uh, junior high, high school, and a roommate at college, he said, John, and that's me, he said, you always look like you're angry. And I thought, I'm not angry at all. That's a, I don't think he's really seeing me right. Well, the fact was that I was probably very afraid, um, without going too deeply into my personal story, I was very afraid and I was very anxious. Um, I had a very tough experience, 15 turning 16, that um, did a lot to my nervous system and my brain. And it was a whole lot. And um, it left me very anxious and very afraid of life, of being alive. Um, PTSD is what it was. He was right. He was totally right. But I couldn't feel it. I wasn't aware of it. I had just, since that terrible situation, I had kind of adopted a... Um, a protective layer after layer after layer. So I couldn't really feel things. Um, I remember having a couple of girlfriends that said, John, you know, you're a really nice guy, but there's no emotionality here. And the reason that there wasn't is because I was just layered with fear, layer after layer after layer. Um, I had such a bad experience um, with this hallucinogenic, too much strychnine, too much amphetamine, etc. According to the guy that sold it to me, I had such a bad experience with that that I couldn't. I'm playing with <laughs> some scissors on my desk. I had such a bad experience with that 
Every minute of the day, I was afraid I would have it again. I never did. I never had flashbacks, but I was so afraid that that would happen again. And it kind of got close to happening again without going into it deeply. My story is a severe story of um, trauma, hardship, and disability. It all helped me with the secret to immortality. Every bit of it forced my nose to the grindstone and made me really work at all of this to get well and discover who I was and to have something to pass on to you as I'm doing now. But listen, anger is fear. Fear is anger. And how can we untie that? How can we kind of ferret out? And it's, it's really kind of simple. Um, if you're working with me in coaching, immortality coaching, or if I was a mentor in another situation, I used to be a counselor, we would just look at a little bit, you know, take a little scoop, take a little look. But as you take a look, another look and another look, that fear and that anger and that once necessary protection, not necessary anymore and getting in the way of our development, that once necessary protection of anger and fear starts to melt away, especially when you're with someone who wants the best for you, who is creating a safe environment for you, whether that's a counselor or a coach, somebody that you trust, where you feel trust and protection when you're working with them, you can start to take a look at those hardships. You don't have to have PTSD. Everybody in the world has been hurt and hurt again and hurt again. We just learn to ignore it and deny it and go on with our lives, um, even happy people that seem like they've always been happy, they have hurt and they have pain. But to survive, if nobody gives us a way to work through these things, we just shut them away deeply into denial. But the problem with that denial is that we aren't able to enter into close relationships. We may be very nice people, courteous, kind, friendly, do-gooders in the world, but we may also not be available for human intimacy. And I mean like platonic friendship or romance or anything in between. We have to kind of start taking a look at how we've been hurt. Anger is fear and fear is afraid to love. But love is essential and that's kind of tricky. You know, what are we going to do? We need love to survive. We need love to be happy. We need love to feel our own soul. How are we going to get love if no one is able to love us? And that's not uncommon, what I'm talking about. We may all feel, wow, I just need the right person, the right relationship, da-da-da-da-da. My question is kind of a tough one. Are you really available for that right person, for someone that's open-hearted, generous, and kind? Are you really available? When we're injured and hurt, and that's happened for a long time, we're attracted to usually other people that are injured and hurt. And that's not a bad thing if both of you are willing to work through it a little bit, if both of you are willing to become aware of it. So let's go to something a little more cheerful, but we do need to look at ourselves to make progress. We need to look at how we've been hurt to let go of the effect of that hurt and that hardship so we can start to have a blissful, happy, good life. For a world of immortal life on earth, that's what we're teaching here, we must love. For a world of immortal life on earth, 
We must love. I guarantee it. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Love. To be our best, we need to share love with the world. It's like a cycle where we're not really giving love. We're just in love and sharing that love with other people. And it's really remarkable when you can share that love with other people that are open-hearted and you can just feel that person's soul. They can feel yours. And that can take place anywhere in life. It can happen at a grocery store where you just happen to cross paths with someone talking about a product you're looking for and both of you have an open heart and a, and a strong spirit. We are love in, in every way. We are love, who we are, our core, our soul. We are love in every way you can think about it, in every way you can combine it or uh, process it. We are love in every way. Love rules our deepest human place. Love rules our deepest human place. Our heart is our core, our soul, our center. You know, there are different names for this. If someone's an atheist, and I was spending time yesterday with a great friend, long-term uh, peer of decades in Qigong. We were doing a class together. It was wonderful. She, I think, uh, thinks of herself as an atheist, um, and I love that because she's, she's open-minded. I'm not, but she accepts me as who I am. I accept who she is. And that atheism in her allows her to be open-minded and open-hearted. You know, different words mean different things to different people. So it's kind of good not to judge people by what they say they are or they aren't. Can you share love with them? Do you trust them? Are they good for you? then it really doesn't matter if you agree on every single word that comes out of your mouth or your head. Our heart is our core. It has position at our body's center. Our heart is our core. It has position at our body's center. I'm reading from the blog post. Our heart is everything. It's flow enriching every cell. It's presence touching every place on earth. Our lifeblood is love and little else. To not love is to be out of control. What? Yeah. To not love is to be out of control because if you're not in a solid, strong, loving place, you really aren't processing information around you in an accurate manner. Think about that. Strong Steady love, good love, the love of our soul is really important to be in place, to be what we're experiencing as ourselves. As we're going to make um, sensible, wise decisions for our lives. To not love is to be out of control, alone, and subject to life's whim. To not love is to be out of control, alone, and subject to life's whim. We can do better by choosing to love. And I'm going to slowly bring this episode of our podcast to an end with this quote, we can do better by choosing to love. So at this moment with me right now, I suggest and I'd like you to choose love. Think of the word love, L-O-V-E. Think of that love in your heart. Think of that love at your, at your core in your soul. Think of that love in your body, in your flesh. Think of that love all around you, alive in a brilliant light. Love, love, love. If we just pause to think about love, you may not feel anything in this little exercise that I'm taking you through, but if you do it repeatedly, a few times a day, 
five, ten times a day, if you do this little love exercise repeatedly, your heart will open up. You will relax and let go a bit. Love and love more. Think of love as who you are. Not whether you're getting love, not whether you're giving love. That's transactional. Just the presence of love as your soul alive, as your identity, as who you are. Love and love more. Love and more of love. Infinite love at your core. That's all for today's startup. Love your way through the rest of the day. Bless you and keep you.